Hey, how are you doing? Skype just shut down. Yeah. It's not going to go for me. Uh, yeah, that's the, it was, who, who knows whose fault it is. It's America's fault. Gosh, dang it, America. Pull it together. <laughs> Pull it together. I mean, you're not going to get an argument from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's new, Eddie? It's good to, good to see well, your face. Good, good to, to see you. Voice. How you been? Been yeah. a couple of weeks. Uh, all's good here. We're in full fall fling. Full mm-hmm. fall fling. Mm-hmm. FFF. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's no school November here. There's uh, seems to be no school ever for my son. <laughs> Why is that? Uh, well, it's like a full week for Thanksgiving, and there's like you know two or three. Like almost every week is uh, <laughs> uh, it's like a three day weekend for one reason or another. Um, so it, it feels uh, um, feels disorganized. It's a disorganized month. Sure, but are, is there an organized month? September. Most organized month, I would say, is March. March. Why? Well, the name itself implies order and organization. <laughs> Two, four, time. Sure. <laughs> it implies having a goal. Um, I mean, it implies precision. Mm-hmm. That's why it's called March. Yeah, okay. I'll buy that. Mm-hmm. Um, also suggests like a, like a country or like a state, um, like the March of, uh, Styria, for example, mm-hmm. um, in Austria. And you say, you're saying that marches, states, states and countries marches. are, are, uh, typically, typically well-run organizations. Well, they're organized. What a difference there is between being well-run and being organized. True, true. Yeah. yeah. Um, like a virus is organized, <laughs> but not necessarily well run. It's got its shit together. You got to yeah. give it that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, communicates well. <laughs> you know, you never don't know what it means. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, my brother visited from Chicago. We got to do all the, the tourist things. Oh, good. Um, Including things that we'd never done as 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 residents, went to this big uh, uh, spooky mansion overlooking town like a vulture, like it perches up there in the hills, <laughs> looking down. The what's Pittock it called? Mansion. What's what's its name? The Pittock Mansion, P I T T O C K, Pittock. Pittock Mansion. Mansion is M A N. Let's take a look. S C I O N E. Yeah. Pittock Mansion. Mm-hmm. Oh, it says here, Pittock Mansion is closed to the public November 16 to 18 to decorate for our Pittock Mansion Christmas exhibit. They're getting organized for Christmas. <laughs> so do they the stop being spooky for Christmas? Do they become festive? I think it stops being a mansion briefly, and then um, it becomes festive again. Yeah. That, I think that's when people go. I think they uh, I assume they festoon it. I assume there's some festooning. Sure. Um, some sparkling. Some bedazzling, yeah, of this uh, spooky old mansion, and that always makes something seem less spooky when you put a um, seasonal, when you season it a little bit, yeah, uh, change the lighting, mm-hmm. yeah. So yes, uh, you you brought your brother there. It's the it's a central um, feature in the Colin Malloy. Uh, Wildwood books for 
young readers. I, I did not even know Colin Malloy had written books. Uh, a well-received trilogy <laughs> okay. of, of for the children's. Mm-hmm. Wildwood. Do you like them? Do you have you? Wildwood you... Imperium. Haven't read a word of them. Okay, uh, but I, I we now have them. Great, because Oscar was very intrigued by the Pittock Mansion. Yeah, yeah. Which the which like a lot of other great American mansions and castles, the owners only have enough money to build them when they're very old, and so they seldom end up living in them. Yeah, or for very long. Like I think the the Pittocks in question lived there. Um, for just uh, three or four years, yeah, before before a, a sweet death took them. This this um, seems to me to be it's a it's a running theme on American Pickers, which I've I've told you before. I enjoy watching, which is a banjo show. It is not. Uh, it's different different kind of picking. You, you seem to disapprove of any other Should use of the I word. Disapprove. Well, I, you know, you can pick. <laughs> All sorts of things. Well, these like, guys, these guys go around and they to people with too much stuff, too much old stuff, and they uh, and they buy some of it from them, and then they sell sell the stuff in their antique shops. But there are the, a couple of charming, goofy guys driving around in a van. But they will often find someone who is, has ma- is building a giant eccentric mm-hmm. house or compound, and they're old, and it's clear they're never ever yeah. going to finish and they're going to die in a state of total incompleteness in everything about their lives and their and their home. And these two guys hasten that death and they put the person <laughs> in their van. No, they don't they typically don't take the person with them. <laughs> in the van. Usually there's a there's a, a child, an adult child or a nephew oh, or horrible. niece. And the nephew or niece is basically saying, you really need to you really need to get rid of some of this stuff so that you can you can move from room to room freely in your declining the, years. The nephew called the pickers. Yes, always, uh-huh. <laughs> always. Always but, a, whip, a whippersnapper element. <laughs> KG Youngblood. <laughs> yeah. So, but this phenomenon of, it, by definition, a big eccentric. Um, house project mm. is is doomed never to be enjoyed by its uh, its brain right 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 uh, it seems like it would discourage um the building of spooky old mansions yeah um, you would think mm-hmm. <laughs> i can you know yeah. there's a part there's definitely a part of me that can see like you know spending the rest of my life in an uncompletable project because once you finish something you'd and then you have to do something else. Your life right. loses yeah. purpose. They call it Lennon's Folly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's up there on old old Route 9. Um, past the, the stone outcropping, you find. <laughs> Lennon's Folly. We all laughed. They all laughed. A thing you uh, would have, a thing you missed from not being on Twitter. Um, one of the few good things you missed from not being on Twitter <laughs> is that. Uh, um, uh, is that Washuda found a house for sale, a giant house for sale on a on a road right near where she and I both grew up in New Jersey? Um, mm-hmm. That was like famous in my high school as a road you'd want to drive down at night because mm-hmm. it is spooky. And the name of the road is Shades of Death Road. <laughs> oh Christ! <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, and what Shuda was like, I need to buy this house. Yeah, <laughs> the idea of like the idea of having grown up in my town, the idea of like 
eventually becoming an adult who lives on Shades of Death Road Shades of Death Road, is too yeah. too exciting to even contemplate. Well, what else is on Shades of Death Road aside from um, uh, haunted houses? Um, it's funny you'd ask that uh, because even though this has been a big part, it was like a p- part of my childhood mythology. As an adult, I have literally never looked it up. Like I don't know. I know it's just it's just a country road. There's some houses out there. It's a it's a windy country country like Tulane, um, and fun mm-hmm. to drive down. But uh, I never looked up any of the you know the the history of it. And you never went on on Zillow or Redfin to see no, it, but, uh, no, no. What's there's, pending? What's pending on Shades of Death Road? Yeah, and there's see I didn't, I didn't look at all of this. So I also remember it was it was featured in uh, Weird New Jersey magazine, mm-hmm. um, and uh, there's a uh, you know people report paranormal activity there because of course they do. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a lake right off the road called uh, Ghost Lake. There's a place called the Fairy Hole, <laughs> which <laughs> I yeah. Uh, then there's Lenape Lane, which is another sort of spur with a creepy farmhouse at the end, and mm-hmm. um, with uh, mysterious fogs and apparitions. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll link to can this. You, can you Google Map it? Uh yeah, it's in it's in. Let's see. Are you finding it? Yeah, pretty easy. Just go to my. It's, I presume the, it's the only one. Yeah, it came right up. Yeah. Oh, I, I see some spooky bog. Seems like there's a bog, and the bog is next to an airstrip. <laughs> this is very peculiar. This, I'm just looking at on Wikipedia. There's a picture of this the road sign, and it's clearly it's like welded onto an I beam because I'm sure I'm sure people just yeah. would steal it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had probably a, they, would. They had a guard for it, but the guard mysteriously disappeared. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a spooky road on Google Maps. Yeah. Imagine who who, uh, who was driving the Google the Google car for this one. Well, no one. That's the creepiest part well, of the story. That's true. Well, they are. I think they are automatic. Yeah. <laughs> very, very tall fences on on. Uh, on faces of death road. I think we ought to I think we ought to as the as the era of autonomous vehicles grows nearer and nearer. I think we should agree to invent a rich mythology in which autonomous vehicles are actually being driven by ghosts. Yes, I it's it's the most reasonable thing that you would assume if you see a car going by <laughs> and no one's driving exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. That some spirit is at work. Yeah. Surely surely it is not just the wind that propels these cars. <laughs> no, it can't be. <laughs> with some uh, collusion of uh, undigested beef in the moon <laughs> no collusion no collusion what <laughs> the car shouts as it goes by <laughs> <laughs> oh dear I saw I watched um, uh, speaking of spooky stuff I watched part of the new uh, Coen Brothers movie oh Owen night. and I and Stephanie are going to watch it tonight I think Ballad of uh, Buster Scruggs. Scruggs. Yeah, you only watch part of it. How can you stop in the middle of a movie? Because it is six. Uh, it is six distinct scenes. It's a Vin- little port- like vignettes. Oh, yeah. Little vignettes. Yeah, yeah. six short, um, unconnected western westerns that are you know ten or fifteen minutes long. 
Um, and the, the, the first part of it, the first, the actual ballad of Buster Scruggs is probably the most insane thing I have ever seen. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is cheerful madness. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. I think that you will enjoy. I think you'll enjoy every minute of this. Great. Dark, hilarious, um, disturbing, unholy so show. Is it? Is it? Film. Is 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 its total length the length of an average? Oh, so it's two. It says two hours thirteen minutes. So that's all. It's not like a series. It's all six in one big, quote unquote, film. Right? It's an anthology yeah. Oh, yeah. film. Right. It's an anthology film. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm fond of uh, I'm very yeah. fond of that that like, sub- um, strange genre of film. Cat's Paw was that the um, Stephen King? Yeah, I think so. I think so. And then there was the, wasn't there a Quentin Tarantino uh, thing? It was like a, a bunch of little. Anyway, yes, I like that. I like the idea of the genre. Kind of, yeah. Uh, Death Proof um, was kind of like that. Like it's the one that he and Robert Rodriguez made together, mm-hmm. and it's sort of it's sort of two movies with sort of extended like five or six extended trailers that are essentially short films. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's pretty great. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm definitely going to watch that uh, this evening. I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to it. I'm, yeah. I, now you're making me even more excited about it. You should be very excited. What kind of snack are you going to have? Are you are you going to watch it at home on the Netflix, or is it at the Ithaca Tivoli Theater? Uh, no, it's going to be on the on the Netflix. Is it going? Is it having a, a enjoying a theatrical release? It, it it debuted last week in select theaters. I got to say, I am. Uh, there's a lot of online fury about um, uh, about people missing out on the theater experience. That films should be seen in theaters and. Um, that the home mm-hmm. TV no. experience is inferior, and I ha- I do not agree with that at all. I'd I'd say the um, there is a distinction, and between the two, I prefer to see a movie in the theater. A well, preference is because I, re- I so rarely get to, but I'd say the 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 onus is more on the the the, the film it's, itself <laughs> rather than how yeah. you see it as to whether it's good. Sure, um, and since most things are bad. Um, and when you watch something at home, you have a lower threshold for for starting to watch something um, that you end up watching worse stuff mm-hmm. if you're just watching things at home with low expectations. And so in aggregate, you begin to feel like it's the setting that's the problem instead of your poor choices. <laughs> poor choices by the viewer and poor choices by the, uh, the entertainment makers. What is your unhappiness really about? Can we talk about yeah. this? What are we really talking about here? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I feel like I ultimately did. Mother, do... t- did mother not take you to movies when you were growing up? <laughs> um, on balance, I would, I would, I also prefer the theater experience, but I only prefer a, a, an idealized theater experience, one in which there is a sort of agreement about what the proper decorum is, um, and in general, people don't adhere to that. This very sort of snooty idea I have of the way people should behave in movie theaters and they shouldn't do what I want them to do because that's not what going to the movies necessarily is all about. So, uh, 
There is, we do have an art house theater in which people sit very like to sit very quietly and not look at their phones and watch a movie from beginning to end. But even there, I always have to get up and pee. I've, I've always got to pee. And uh, I can pause the damn thing at home. Right. I can see every second of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, um, but uh, yeah, an idealized theater experience is one that, one that I like very much. But I'll, I'll be very happy to watch this at home. I have a... I'm happy to. I'm happy with uh, my my TV and my sound system and all that stuff. Yeah, it's good. So, what kind of snacks are you going to have while you watch the Ballad of Buster's uh, Scruggs? Well, um, the original question. Realistically, I think it's probably going to be uh, a chip witch uh, and a uh, Vesper on the rocks. Vesper is uh, vermouth and uh, gin? Uh, it's gin, vodka, and lillet. Lillet. Mm-hmm. Which is not unlike vermouth, but... Um, but I should, you know, a, a, th- a snack... Maybe I should make some actual popcorn. I haven't... I, I usually have a sweet... Usually in the evening I have a sweet thing. Whether mm. it's, a, a, it's a cocktail or a bit of ice cream or something. Mm-hmm. Um but sort of like a savory post-dinner popcorn is something I haven't had in a while. And maybe since this is kind of an event, I should make popcorn. Actually, this remind, this is a good segue into something I wanted to talk about. A thing that I've always loved to put on popcorn, uh, to spice it up a little bit, is uh, Dinosaur Barbecue's Cajun Foreplay Spice Rub, which, uh, which substance you were disgusted by the name of. Uh, some time ago, and we actually ended up. You actually wanted to retitle it Cajun Friendship Powder, and that became the title <laughs> right. of one of our episodes, right. right? Right. Well, I wanted to tell you that they have changed the name. Oh, it's no longer called Cajun Foreplay, <laughs> and now it's called this <laughs> Big Action big, Justice Rub. Big Action No Spice Rub. Oh, I thought it said justice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they definitely missed an opportunity there. They did. Yeah. They did. So, and I think I don't think that's better. I don't think that's an improvement at all. No, it seems like they're trying to disguise something. That's <laughs> still a friendship powder. Yeah. 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 It's like uh, it's like calling a uh, calling a pond the, the fairy hole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are they trying to cover up? What indeed? Um, so yeah, no big big action spice rub. Same stuff, new name, and I continue to recommend it uh, for all manner of uh, of culinary tasks. So you'd, you'd put it on popcorn. It's one of the things I do. Yeah, but spread a little butter on the popcorn, sprinkle that on the on the popcorn. I like a little Parmesan cheese on uh, popcorn. What do you do? You have do you do toppings? Do you uh, do you, do you top your pop? Um, I, I like to put butter on it. Well, sure. And I don't know why anybody would want anything fancier than that. Do you gently salt it as well? I don't like, I, I, I think things are too salty generally. Yeah. Popcorn is one of the things that is unnecessarily salty. Also, um, uh, anything at a restaurant is too salty. Yeah. Yeah. I do not disagree with that. I don't mind a little, throwing, sprinkling a little, uh, cheap, um, Parmesan on some on some popcorn. That's an, that's an uh, of one of the rare uses where I prefer the 
the you know the plastic box bottle of dust. Uh, I w- yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't put um, fresh, grated, yeah. you know, grated Parmesan. Yeah, Parmigiano, but I'll put that Parmesan cheese <laughs> right. on it, which is what it was growing up. Parmesan in my house, Parmesan cheese. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's, well, well, it's, it was invented by the Parmesans. Why would you call it anything else? It's from the Parmesan era. <laughs> it's 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 pummeled uh, rock. I assume Parmesan is um, stone is is like chalk. Like it's it's permeable and <laughs> it turned into a fine powder. It's full of minerals. I assume <laughs> good minerals. Um, I uh, when I was watching Ballad of Buster Scruggs, sure. Uh, Watching uh, uh, Tim Blake Nelson's insane smile. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> uh, was because uh, I was doing a lot of uh, of cooking and baking yesterday. It's Thanksgiving week. You may have heard. It's yeah, yeah. Holiday we celebrate on the West Coast where people <laughs> get together um, uh, without without their extended families who live in the Midwest, mm-hmm. and they. Um, they talk about how much they'd rather be at a restaurant. <laughs> um, so I was uh, made a ham, made some uh, some spicy chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what'd you put on the chicken? What what makes it spicy? Uh, crystal hot sauce. Crystal hot sauce. All right. Yeah, crystal hot sauce, um, and a dusting of paprika. Mm. A smoked paprika or uh, your standard paprika. A standard paprika, um, and I set it on top of some onions um, and bake it. The uh, so, it never, so it's resting on a bed of of onions. That sounds very good. The uh, website um, for Crystal Hot Sauce encourages you to crystallize it. It being whatever you're about to eat, not to not to chemically crystallize. <laughs> no, something. yeah, they put a they put a hyphen in there. Um, mm-hmm. Just to make sure you understand what they're talking about. Yeah. Crystal hyphen lies. Not crystal hyphen eyes. Crystal, crystal lies. Hyphen. Crystal lies mm-hmm. it. It's not like a like a hot sauce that, that functions like ice nine in the Vonnegut novel. <laughs> yeah, it turns everything into hot sauce. Everything, yeah, eventually everything. <laughs> Since everything is connected, um, everything becomes hot sauce. Or get some hot sauce on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ice nine spice rub. <laughs> Make everything so, so you I, love so spicy. I the, so I set the chicken on a uh, on a little <coughs> on a Pardon catafalque me. of of onions. Oh, that's an that's an old Ed poetry word. <laughs> Thank you. I realized that they were because I was thinking that the chicken is is meat. It's a carcass of something. Okay. Clack so. to fawn you in the morning. You know what I mean? Yeah, thank you very much. Mm-hmm, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, so I was uh, in the mode, and so I, I thought, uh, how nice would it be to have some Chex Mix? Mm-hmm. Uh, since the oven was already hot. Um, but the only ingredient we had for Chex Mix was one of the Chexes. I don't even know which one. Wheat? The larger well, the, of the squares? The whole thing was just an effort to get you to buy... Lots of boxes of checks only that you never finish eating, but go on. So we didn't have any uh, peanuts. Sure. We didn't have any stick pretzels. 
We didn't have any uh, of the other boxes of checks. We just had one that I think was stale. <laughs> it had been rejected in favor of like Fruity Pebbles a long time ago. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. Bad, bad money drives out good. So it was a single ingredient Chex mix. So it wasn't really a mix. It was Chex mixed with butter. Yeah. And Worcestershire. <laughs> um, and again, and a, was gentle it, dust, was a gentle dusting of paprika. Yeah. And it was fine. Yeah, it was fine. Uh, oh, man, I, ha- I, got, I got faked out um, a couple of weeks ago at the – I was at the health food. What I wanted – what I really wanted was some Life cereal. And the closest supermarket – to where I live is the is the uh, like downtown branch of the health food store. Um, it's a great little market, and there's all all kinds of good things to eat there. But they don't have most of your you know non organic sort of conventional breakfast cereals. But they do have you know like uh, like uh, quote unquote healthy alternatives to them. Things that are obviously attempting to look like the the beloved uh, commercial cereals. And one of them looked exactly like the cereal I wanted to eat, which was Life, my cereal of choice. And I, uh, uh, so I bought it, and I brought it home, and I poured it into a bowl, and it was obviously not fake Life; it was fake Wheat Checks. And there's when a I, difference. Mm-hmm. The difference is there, there's a there's a great difference between the two mm-hmm. in flavor. Um, yeah, and. Uh, I mean, I don't hate wheat checks, but it's not what I wanted to eat. But then you you put the box next to the bowl, and you see they altered the color. They messed with the white balance on the photo of the cereal to fake you out to make you think it's fake life, when in fact it's fake wheat checks. And mm-hmm. fake wheat wheat checks is kind of gray, grayish brown, and life is kind of golden golden yellow brown. Mm-hmm. So did you did you try it though? I did try it. It was fine, but it was not what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Did you eat it all? Is it all no, gone? No, no. I ate about half of it, and then I then mm-hmm. it got stale. And by that time, I'd actually bought some life. And I'm I eat f- cereal infrequently enough, maybe two or three times in a week. That like it takes me a while to get through a box. So mm-hmm. anyway, you uh, I saw that you sent me a uh, a thing, and uh, I got a I got a find it somehow in this oh they moved it they moved it around again yep they moved it around again don't know where moved everything i just don't know where any of it has gone so for me uh, it was in the lower left hand corner there was a oh wait 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 okay Mm -hmm. there got it oh okay so well that was not you're sending me ed has sent me a picture of a of a house on zillow a house on shades of death road this is not the one that um that Alyssa found um, mm-hmm. but uh let's see it's pretty it's well it pretty has nice. it has some it has some photos you yeah. it's 241 shades of death road yeah um, the, it's a colonial it's a it's a nice little colonial with uh it seems like in a, a maybe a rec room extension off to one side a uh-huh. screen porch a little picket fence it's cute uh, it's cute I think, yeah. Little pictures off to the side, and you can see where all the ghosts go. Whereas oh. These are, I think, are on Zillow. They have ghost view, and you can uh, look at the places where the ghosts and monsters live inside a house. Um, it's sort of like uh, music minus one. It's the picture. <laughs> it's the picture that somebody took of a ghost, except the ghost is not in the picture because <laughs> right. they can't be photographed. 
<laughs> a guy I know it's has a the photo that's left. Uh, yeah. A guy I know has a Tumblr uh, that's just. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically photos of where a celebrity was just moments before. <laughs> Very good. He lives in yeah. L.A. and just takes pictures of these, you know, bland doorways and tables and things where there, where someone mm-hmm. famous was sitting. I yeah. kind of like this house, and it's got a lot of outbuildings, a lot of ghosty. There's outbuildings. a lot of outbuildings, yeah. But this is, I think, this is the house of the crime. Uh, if you take a look. Oh, re- what crime? Just some crime. I'm sure that people say, is that the house of the crime? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have one with a, you have, you have a, I think a, maybe, no, it can't be a basement room because the, the, the position of the windows. But you have a, here's the room, a living room maybe. There's a, okay. uh, a, a wood-burning stove yep. for heat mm-hmm. uh, with a very large hearth um, mm-hmm. that extends weirdly into the kitchen or the tool chamber. Um, there seems to be a, um, um, everything's kind of the wrong proportion. I suppose it was a, um, you wouldn't lie down in front of the stove. Um, it has a cauldron beside it and then a, like a really long fork that you might use for turning possums. Yeah. 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 It's a possum turner. Or if you're, if you're dismembering a corpse and you want to, I, you know, that's a, I think the cauldron is a good place to put the limbs that are, you're going to burn. You're going so to incinerate. So you use it to transfer, you transfer it from the, um, from the kitchen where you've been. The, uh-huh. Yeah. From the serving platter to the individual plates. <laughs> yeah, into the maw, and then into the maw of no. the hungry, hungry, uh, the wood stove. Also, there's a weird design of arrows on the wood stove, and it says Pisher on it. Oh, it's, it does. I don't know if that's a brand name or... It's odd. Hmm. Suddenly, this room looks very strange. It, it's a little bit like the... It's a little bit like uh, uh, Leland Palmer's living room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with, with the Missoula, Montana picture on the wall and the sofa yeah. uh, behind which the the creepy spirit yeah, Bob, is emerging. Bob is coming. Yeah. Bob may crawl over it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then off to the to the side, there's a recliner, uh-huh. lush recliner, and yeah. an old dusty table next to it. Yeah, yeah. And a little torchair lamp behind it mm-hmm. um, that seems to be it's set back a little ways. It may be set. Hundreds of feet back, and it's a gigantic chair. It could be, um, or it's more in the foreground than we think, and it's a miniature chair. It seems actually to be imposed. It looks like it's floating. Kind of does. Yeah, the lighting, the flash photography. It it, it seems surprised um, <laughs> by the flash. Um, and this is the last picture that this person ever took. <laughs> so we, we have, have a different photographer this. for each photo we have here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the crime. That's that's who's that's the missing. Uh, so, but despite this giant um, stove on one corner of the room, the other side has an, a surprisingly large, like electric heater mm-hmm. at the floor level. Yeah, mm-hmm. a baseboard baseboard heat, if you will. Baseboard heat. Yeah, yeah. I just look at this and I I, I just don't see the savings. <laughs> There's um. I see the leavings, but not the savings. Have you taken a close look at the following page, the one with the wood-paneled walls? Oh, dear. I think the, the eyes in the portrait are following me. <laughs> the portrait is very strange. Plus, the dining room table has something on it that I think is maybe a makeshift <laughs> bomb. <laughs> We're intending to, 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 to mail that. Um, 
know. I can't. I don't know if I can zoom in on this. And there's. I was trying to. It wouldn't let me. There's a wooden. Oh. There's like a wooden Yo. bowl that has an in the bowl is standing <laughs> a, a canister of compressed air or something. Uh-huh. It seems pointed at something. It's very odd. Whoever was sitting, it's like spin the bottle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> these, these five, these five uh, harp back chairs. You'd think that when you're taking the, the pictures, sat in them are now playing harps in heaven. When you're we're taking the pictures of the house you want to sell, you would you would conceal your bomb making materials. Mm. Yeah, it seems like it's wrapped in duct tape. <laughs> it totally does. Uh, there's a power strip. There's a power strip next to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then you can see into the next room. Is it a? Um, that's something they didn't want to photograph. Um, oh, and there's a, there's a, there's a. I suppose it's for a chandelier, but there's a disturbing-looking hook uh, coming down from the strangely dirty ceiling. <laughs> it's really strange. <laughs> oh, oh dear. Yeah. Yeah. This this place is great. This place has everything. Yeah, maybe this should. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of that uh, big cabin where we had uh, Thanksgiving in uh, Montana. Speaking mm-hmm. of good Thanksgivings, yeah, in deep snow. Yeah, in deep snow. Um, but uh, it would be good. This would be a good property to because um, it's because of the outbuildings, especially. It would be good to have you know for it to be a communal uh, writer writer retreat for for when the apocalypse comes. Mm-hmm. When the ongoing apocalypse reaches the it reaches, reaches the literary point. world, yeah, yeah. When the apocalypse reaches escape point, escape point, yeah. It's like when you have to when you really start running. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't necessarily run start running for Shades of Death Road at the beginning of the apocalypse, although you should. Mm-hmm. At the except that the apocalypse emanates from Shades of Death Road, probably, but you have to go back to it to stop it. You have to smash that that waste level lamp um, that's affixed to the wall next to the uh, next to the embroidery, embroidery of <laughs> the embroidery of, of a couple of brownstones. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a picture of I think uh, it looks like a baby in a tutu next to a dog, yeah. or it's a dog that's been cut in half. And <laughs> the back half of the dog. Is wearing a tutu before they deliver it to the to the pitcher stove. Yeah, and then I think there's an uh, original Winslow Homer next to it. You think? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think it's the missing Vermeer from the uh, the Boston Museum. <laughs> uh, why would you put wall sconces at that height? I just don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's code. It's like the code like the OK symbol is now racist. Yeah, <laughs> it's racist. It's yeah. <laughs> I noticed in the photo that your wall sconces are at waist level. I think I think <laughs> we can talk now. <laughs> so we got something. We got something delivered to our house. Uh, to the uh, uh, it was Miss 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 delivered. No, Miss delivered. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was not to the name of any of the previous residents. And it was a large um, envelope. I think it was from – I thought it was Groupon when I first saw it, but like it was one letter off, like Group Song, like with a like a C <laughs> with a Cedilla or something under it. <laughs> like Groupon meets Soup Song. Yeah, yeah Group Song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
It's like when you uh, when the, you 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 uh, you get a discount on getting mailed a, a box of random shit. Yeah, Groupon. So um, I thought, well, um, I could just you know, set set it back for them to take, uh, but I'm going to the post office anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm going to the post office, and so I t- I, I took it, and uh, I admit that I looked to see what it was. Sure, it was easily opened. It was just a hasp. Yeah, and I. Uh, um, which includes like the kind you have on inter inter department mail. Sure. You know, like the, the string that goes around the, the, the two grommeted um, That's circles. That's a strange thing to see on a, on a mailed package though. Um, and I thought, uh, I don't know, it was invasive, but um, I felt guilty about it, sure. but also curious because it was a strange shape and uh, it was a sex toy. Oh, oh no! It was like a thing that you might strap on. Oh, uh, I'm kind sorry. of firmly, and uh, and it had a little <laughs> a little wiggler attached to it. No, oh no! And so I sealed it back up, and I I, I uh, sent it on its merry way. So hopefully, I hope it gets to whoever ordered it. Yeah, yeah, of course, me too. Some sort of group coupon. Um. <laughs> um uh, you- I, I I'm sorry that you opened that. You shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have opened it. I think but that I'm glad I did. I'm it, glad I did because I yeah. I just assumed that it was pretty much what it was. <laughs> okay, it was, this was in the category of thing that I was expecting. <laughs> I mean, the specific dimensions and applications of it were, um, uh, you know, that was a variable. But um, <laughs> I, I had a feeling it would be something. Uh, Something interesting. I just, I was just imagining a, uh, I was just imagining a scenario by which the the postal service has magically arranged it so that if you open a package that's not addressed to you, it whatever is inside it just immediately turns into a dildo. <laughs> that, that could be. Yeah, it might have started out as. Uh, um, I don't know. I don't know what one would order from Groupon. <laughs> I have no idea. I guess this is it, but the act of the active part of it was purple and sparkly. Sure, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, because why not? Mm-hmm. Um, so you you sent me another link, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, and to a, a a music store that you and I think that you and Oscar went to, and uh, it's it's very appealing, very appealing materials here available. Well, here. when Oscar and I wandered into it. Um, right away, I started taking pictures and sending them to you. Yeah, <laughs> because partly be, partly because I thought you would know what they were. Oh yeah, uh, I didn't know what they were, and there wasn't a lot of signage. Yeah, like this is the sort of place that if you go into it and you don't know what is in there, you're expected just to turn around and walk out, yeah. like you've been mis- misdelivered the store. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. The, what uh, we're talking about is uh, Control Voltage, which is a which is a musical instrument store in Portland um, that specializes in uh, synthesizers and other electronic instruments, particularly modular synthesis modules. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, really intriguingly designed uh, panels of knobs and wires, um, all of mm-hmm. which are super appealing to me. 
It was it was very appealing, and I, I say that that one would turn around should turn around and walk out if you don't know what it is is not the actual vibe. That was an extraordinarily welcoming and engaging place that was um, that seemed uh, delighted to have a six year old r- running around and turning <laughs> right. knobs and dials and putting on headphones and trying everything out rather than the reasonable thing, which is to, you know, sort of politely ask us to, to leave and come back when, <laughs> yeah. with a less destructive child. Um, yeah, that's but, rare. But they seem to be, the store seemed to be motivated in the same spirit that Oscar was of uh, uh, wonder possibility. And, um, and wouldn't it be wacky if we tried this? Yeah. Yeah. It was, and it was filled with adults who were essentially six-year-old children Yep. Um, with wallets. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully with big wallets because because uh, it was just a big room full of crazy sound toys. Uh, everything with a headphone already plugged in and everything on and ready to go. That's great. I really hundreds want to, of things to visit it. Yeah, I really want mm-hmm. to visit it. Um, so uh, I had mentioned I think on a previous episode and I've told you one way or another that my my friend Jim and I have reconstituted our sort of ambient down tempo act, the Bemis Point. Right and. Um, he and another music friend of his, uh, this guy Tom, had this really good idea that that we, being being the electronic musicians of Ithaca, should rent out a space every month or two for a salon where each of us does a solo ten minute set with our you know with our music toys, mm-hmm. and then explain what we did and how we did it. And invite people to try it themselves, and then sort of talk about how to, how to do electronic music live without looking boring, mm-hmm. um, which is a problem with the with the genre. Even people who are very good at it almost almost always just look like a person leaning over a bank of controls, um, yeah. and it's like essentially like watching them answer email. They look like they're <clears throat> trying to master the new kind of card catalog. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it, it's a it's a it's a style like it's not it's not necessary that it be that way i think um the this the sort of um the i think the the worst part of thing is when you show up with pre-recorded tracks over which you do like one thing mm-hmm. uh, live um but there is there are ways of looking like you're doing stuff and because you are mm-hmm. doing stuff that a lot, a lot of the stuff is just cerebral. So mm-hmm. using different types of performance controls and, um, and leaving things to chance and so on. So, um, so that's starting in a couple of weeks. I'm really excited about it. The salon, the, the, <clears throat> the salon. Yeah. The salon. Yeah. Uh, what are you calling it? The salon. Du it's, yeah. <laughs> salon de bleep, de bleep, de bleep, 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 bleep. <laughs> salon de bleep. <laughs> yeah good. um but that this this kind of place is is really up my alley i like i like the uh I, I, this genre of music is fun in part because of its sort of childish fascination with just making goofy noises with stuff yeah that's fine i just realized that i, I missed a salon last night oh of what, of what sort salon rouge oh salon rouge which is held in someone's garage <laughs> near me. A quick side note. So we we listened to a podcast, a kid's podcast called Wow in the World, featuring uh-huh. Mindy, Mindy something and, and uh, NPR's Guy Raz. Uh-huh. Um, 
and it's kind of kid science stuff, and it's great. Wonderful. It's very good. Very good. And Guy Raz uh, 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 speaks to kids well, has a different sort of voice. He's not uh, Part of it is like a, a NPR broadcaster out of his element, but also mm-hmm. like uh, kids love his voice. Sure. Not so much his regular radio voice, because Oscar will hear Guy Raz on, you know, talking about the stock market or something on the radio, and he'll recognize it's Guy Raz. But that's, does he that's feel not, betrayed by the subject matter? This is foolish. <laughs> but he loves Guy Raz um, on this this podcast, and for some reason, I may, we already told you this when he's when he tries to say garage. Like mm-hmm. we're going to have a garage sale. He calls it a Guy Raz sale. <laughs> That's uh, fandom we, right there. Can we stop at the Guy Raz sale? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can do that at Guy Raz. So, so I have the a, Salon Rouge is in a, oh, a yeah. garage, and there's usually um, um, some sort of piping type of singing. There's some uh, this little uh, – these three – Entertainers who sing like uh, 16th century French folk songs, mm-hmm. um, and then in between, and, and our angels when they're doing it, in between, uh, uh, swear a lot, sure, um, and, and talk about like relationships that didn't work out, and they go back into these chansons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, once there was a clarinet. Um, sometimes there's some poetry, which is the most, you know, I guess people feel like they have to do that. <laughs> yeah, alas. But the impresario of the of the salon is uh, um, um, uh, British and always has crazy shoes. Uh-huh. I go just just for that, and it goes late. But I forgot. I just I, I intended to go. How often is it? Oh, every every two three months. Yeah, well, you have you'll have another chance before too long. Uh-huh. I think he and I will be uh, co-emceeing the AWP Booksellers Ball, uh, which is going to be a great party on the Saturday of AWP at the Star Theater in Chinatown, a big venue. We're partnering with uh, Mother Foucault's Books and uh, um, some other – oh, I probably shouldn't say yet um, because we haven't finished it, but some, some fancies. It's gonna be fancy. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I I've been going back and forth a, uh, about a dozen times about going to AWP. Then you already decided. Don't come. You're not coming. Yeah. Then a couple of friends I don't otherwise see said they're they're gonna unexpectedly said they were gonna go and it'd be nice to hang out yeah. with them. And just, <laughs> I kind of don't want to go though. Don't even want to go. <laughs> I don't want to go. go. Uh, yeah, you don't have to go. All right. Well, you can stay with you can stay with us if you come. I may. I may. If I do, yeah. I may. Yeah. Um, I just you know I you know the, I had deci- I decided instead of um, the you can stay in this bed. <laughs> okay. It's sure. Set up for my my brother in my office. Okay. I'll sleep in your office. I've done it before. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple of uh, food related things I wanted to mention. One is. Um, I went out with an old friend, Harry, I haven't seen in many years, or talked to in a lot of years. This, this, um, this meetup was uh, um, precipitated by an, inc- an incident where Owen and I were waiting in a park f- with a couple of microphone stands for a guy who was going to buy them uh, from me. 
I don't can't remember if I told this anecdote on the podcast before, but the punchline is that the guy the guy was very fussy about the mic stands. They were just mic stands. They they were sturdy enough. There was nothing special about them. Um, and we're meeting in this gazebo, and he um, insisted upon like articulating every part of it to make sure if each of them to make sure that they were stable and you know they. And he, I tried to talk to him while he was doing it, but he obviously didn't want to talk because he was concentrating on testing out the microphone stands. But I did ask him what uh, kind of music he played, and he said, I'm a didgeridoo storyteller. He said that he was – his answer to this this question, which is an innocent question, yeah. a normal sort of question, which is what sort of musician are you? Yeah. Or what kind of music do you play? And he responded that he was – let me let me get this right. Yeah. A didgeridoo storyteller. That's right. That's a very disturbing conversation. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you had this experience. I hope that you did not sell these products to them. I, I did. I did. I did. He gave me the money. Walked off. But it, but while before this happened, while he was that money's at no them. good. Don't spend that money. That money. It's cursed money. It's blood money. You've been told. You, you've been told. Don't say. You can't say that you haven't been told, John. That ditchery do money. Cursed money. Don't spend it on food, for God's sakes. Yeah. You you can either give it away or burn it. (laughs) So while this was all going on, uh, a car car drives by on the nearby road, and the window comes down, and someone shouts out the window, I'm listening to your novel right now! (laughs) But but they were talking to the didgeridoo. (laughs) Turns out they were talking to me. And it was my old friend Harry who had had bought the audiobook of Familiar. And he's a psychologist, and he thought it was psychologically interesting. So he wanted to talk to me about it. So we went out for drinks and talked um, talked about the book. And then he told me something. That I couldn't get out of my head. It took me a, a few weeks to test it. But he said that the perfect martini for him okay. is a vodka martini, not particularly yeah. dry. And I'm with him so far. I, I know there are some people who think a vodka martini isn't really a martini. But I like a vodka martini. Um, not very dry, so decent, decent amount of, uh, of vermouth. And a drop of Pernod or other sort of anise liqueur. Just a tiny, tiny drop of anise liqueur. Maybe a, a, yeah, a Lillette or a Herb Saint yeah. would work as well. I What I had was Sambuca. So I put a drop, no, of, Sam, Sambuca a drop of Sambuca. Yeah. Um, and I got to say, I don't know if it's still a martini, but it's quite good. The, the it's, cri- it's probably crisp. Probably very crisp. crisp. Yes, yeah. it's mm-hmm. almost like, and it's a little, it's it, it's almost like a little extra cold on top of the cold of a shaken mm-hmm. martini. So I, I wanted to tell you, I recommend this. I don't, I, I don't make any claim to it being the being quote unquote perfect, but it's definitely a a, a worthwhile variation. Yeah, I like a good worthwhile variation. Yeah. So uh, the other thing I want to tell you about is I um, we bought a, a Nintendo Switch, the video game console, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, I wanted to play. Uh, Stephanie and Owen both wanted to play um, uh, Super Mario Odyssey, mm-hmm. and have done so. I wanted to play Zelda 
Breath of the Wild, which is a big sprawling RPG adventure kind of story. Um, and I was obsessed with the game for a couple of months. I played it with great pleasure. It's I'm sure if anyone the Zelda game, the Zelda game. If anyone yeah. out there has played it, I'm mm-hmm. sure they agree that it's it's really wonderful. Mm-hmm. But one of the one of the mechanics in the game is cooking. So you you gather, you know, you gather herbs. You find fruit and vegetables. Uh, you you can stop by people's gardens and pick things. You you uh, uh, can uh, shoot shoot an animal with a bow and arrow, and then it transforms into little cuts of meat, which you can right grab. away. Yeah, instantly. Uh-huh. A little puff of smoke, and then there's some meat lying on the ground. Noise. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is indeed very nice. Nice. And you 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 learn where you know if you go like way up in the mountains and you can find some like white wolves. They have the best meat, the gourmet meat. And then you cook with these things, and some of them are you mix them with magical things, and it it like increases your strength or your speed or agility or whatever temporarily. Um, or you can make uh, super rich meals and then sell the meals. You can make money mm. by cooking. Mm-hmm. But there's a but you basically have to find a pot with a fire under it, and they're in every little village, and you cook to you know you cook all these meals. Um, and at first, I found it tedious and annoying, and then within five or six hours of playing the game, I was really into it. But the mm. the thing I and the crazy thing is there are hundreds of ingredients. And they combine in many hundreds of ways. And every combination ends up having a name. Like you, someone has thought out all the recipes in the game and they're not listed anywhere. There's a, a, a near infinitude of recipes and each has a different little graphic. Often like, you know, mushroom meat and fish skewer or seafood mushroom, you know, stew or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you... Mix some things together that don't go together. It creates a meal called dubious food. And the graphic for dubious food, it's a picture of a plate, but it's been pixelated as though it's a pornographic image. So you can't see the food. It's like a, uh so you you get a sense of what's there, but it's, you can't get any specifics. Yeah, um, except there's one little chicken bone, like sticking out of the pixelated area. So you know mm. there's a bone of something in there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to find it for you. It's it's really it's really delightful. Oh here here it is. Hold on, I'll send it to you. It's really it's really wonderful. Uh, okay, say it, copy. Oh, for Christ's sake! How do I even do this? Copy image, and then I, I go over yeah. to the and I do. I, can I just paste it in there? Latch. That yeah. doesn't work. Anyway, you're sending me uh, a bunch right, of links. Uh, Tell me about the I, links while I do this. You can right, right, right click and paste into that. I think. I just tried to, into and it, the box. it wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Are you still working with, with your Mac too? Is it might be a <laughs> my my Macintosh two. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That might not be sufficient for Skype uh, 2018. Okay, here I'm just gonna. I got a. I got a web link that will paste in without any trouble. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, dubious food. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> so what? Are, I get the picture. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. All right. So what do we have here? Sam Bonds. So speaking of just dubious food, so I have actually been in the forest foraging for uh, ingredients um, uh, for to eat with without much of a recipe. <laughs> okay. Uh, it is a mushroom season. Yeah. Fall. We haven't had, even though it's, you know, it's the, the world's changing and we haven't really had much rain even into November in yeah. Oregon. But we had enough to, and the temperature changed enough and the light changed to activate the the uh, the hundreds of different varieties of forest mushrooms that we have growing out of the humus here um, in the northwest, and I have I have been a morel hunter, which are kind of easy to identify and delicious uh-huh. in the past. I think you wrote but a poem I, about that once. That I seem to remember. Probably. Oh yeah. I wonder about what I did with that poem. Yeah. Um. But I I hadn't really paid much attention to mushrooms until I have a friend here who um, we had this this big uh, poetry festival out at the beach I think I talked about it Airstream Poetry Festival yeah you did and uh, a friend we have a big potluck for it and a friend who was showing up and who's a forest um, foraging guy had found these King Bolette's um, mushrooms that are about the size uh, and sentience of a baby um, <laughs> like like a foot and a half tall and like a, like like a, like firewood lumber wide, <laughs> and you can eat them, and they taste like the best oyster and the best brie you've ever had mixed together. Whoa, <laughs> it's incredible! Wow, it incredible. yeah. What are they called again? Uh, I think they're called king king bolets or bolites bolitas. Mushroom people tend to ta- use the Latin names for things, probably to avoid misidentifying and and dying of. King King Bolete mushrooms. Oh, there's a web, it's on a website called mushroomcollecting.com. Look at that. Mm-hmm. It looks like a it looks like a UFO. It's huge. Yeah. 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 And delicious every bit of it. And so uh, last weekend we were out at the out at the the coast around Tillamook yeah. um uh, in a coastal forest and we and the uh, uh was sort of talking it up with, with Oscar and my brother and we decided let's let's go and so we went off um, into the woods on a trail where we discovered a trail we'd never seen before that was um, fortified with milk crates, mm-hmm. sort of pressed down into the uh, into the very soft hillside um, under you know uh, strange trees and through these big ferns. We kept finding various mushrooms, and I I purchased the, I had this this book which I think I sent the link to you. Mm-hmm. Um, forgot the the title of it, the name of it though. Even though I was the center of it, because you don't call uh, it you don't call it by the by whatever the book title is. All that the rain promises yeah. and more. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's the name of it. But did you see the cover? What's happening on this cover? My God, <laughs> this is people just kind of call it the the trombone guy book. <laughs> I think this is the author, and he's holding. He's dressed for like concert symphony stuff although he's crazy looking yeah. and he has a trombone and a, i think a jar large chanterelle maybe or some sort of fungus yeah and he's not looking at us he's looking no. kind of behind us and to the right with a crazy <laughs> smile wow he's in a tuxedo he's in a tuxedo underneath i think a california oak yeah um, he has a very very frilly shirt on this as part of this tuxedo very frilly, yeah, and a nicely shined trombone, like is it well, well yep. taken care of? Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He's, yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
Uh, he, and uh, so it's an excellent guide to foraging mushrooms. Oh, great. And entertainingly written. The uh, the uh, the Amazon uh, page previews in, include the um, the Amanita uh, page. The don't die eating this page, I guess. Or is yeah. Amanita like a, a I mean, family a, name of a lot of? Mushrooms? It's a family name. Yeah. So what's there the are, what's the there are a lot cap? of Amanitas that are very uh, well. I think that's an Amanita, yeah. and so is uh, the fly agaric the the. Um, Kind of the red-capped one with the white spots mm-hmm. um, that led to, in in some readings, uh, Christianity and Santa Claus and <laughs> things like that. Um, and I'm not—I don't object to mushrooms for for those sorts of purposes, but I, I um, I'm not that interested in, in looking for them. But I am interested in looking for uh, something good to eat. Sure. And this this is a good book for it, but we we went uh, deeper and deeper into the woods, okay. And we found a, a western roulette, found some 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 kind of unusual uh, mushrooms to collect. Although we ended up leaving everything there because soon our journey stopped being about uh, trying to find mushrooms, um, and and just turned into trying to find a way out of the forest because we were lost. Mm-hmm. And on a hillside, um, <laughs> that that the path had petered out, and there seemed to be kind of some deer trails, some of which I thought would probably take us towards the beach, but not to it, like maybe to some dangerous cliff. Sure. Um, and I thought if we kept kind of going around this head of land, we would eventually get to the town of Oceanside, which is over there. Um, but I wasn't sure. There wasn't that much of a trail. But uh, I noticed that if we went... Um, three or four hundred feet straight up. Um, we there were some kind of luxury houses up at the top where would you e- would either be ignored, welcomed, uh, or shot. Yep. Um, if <laughs> if we could if we could reach them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also there's the idea that we could turn back and retrace our steps, which is what we should have and could have done. But that was we had sort of gone down a pretty good elevation, and I didn't really look for. I thought. The sort of knowing the contours of this hill, which is Cape Mears, Cape Mears, it's a Cape, um, that if we went straight up, we would end up doing less uphill to get back to where we needed to be than if we retraced our steps. Fair enough. It seemed like it might be a shortcut. Right. A difficult shortcut. Um, and it looked like there was um, a path, but it was really just... Uh, the ferns were spaced in such a way to make it seem like there was a path and there was no path. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we were scrambling up a, uh, a hillside uh-huh. uh, full of mushrooms and millipedes and <laughs> centuries of decaying matter, the millennia of decaying matter um, that you would sink into like snow, even though it was just sort of loose dirt. Um, and really crawling up a hillside in our, on our uh, knees and hands Um and suddenly emerging around like some multi-million dollar estates um, that were undergoing construction. So there was construction debris around them, but there was nobody there. <laughs> uh, nobody around. Nobody around. And we ended up walking um, walking through the edges of this little town uh-huh. into the, the town proper. Um, and even though it was the middle of a three-day weekend, Veterans Day weekend, um, uh, there was there were no signs of people. Whoa. Except for the house. I mean, the signs of the people that they had built houses, 
Um, uh, but there was no one seemed to be in them or walking between them. Nobody seemed to be, you know, peering out of the Venetian blinds and then <laughs> letting them back up just before you turn to see them. Um, uh, I feel we probably could have just walked into some of these houses and made a sandwich and <laughs> maybe had a series of, you know, porridges and chair sits and naps. Um, and eventually got down to town and called Jill and she came and picked us up. Who had been uh, worried about us because she had she had uh, wanted. We just said we were going to be gone for a few minutes, and after a couple of hours, <laughs> yeah, she walked up to where she thought we were, and and I had uh, I had brought a cup of coffee in a little uh, travel mug um, that I've had that's from the Washington State Ferry System. It's got Ollie the Orca on it. It's one of my <laughs> treasured, treasured object um, that I had I had finished my coffee, and so I had I had sort of just set it down on the ground, thinking we were going to walk down this milk crate trail 50 feet and then, and then come back. But all she found was <laughs> this discarded, hastily discarded, um, heirloom of mine. And then, uh, uh and no husband. Yeah. Uh, or, uh-huh. Oh, I'm glad, I'm glad you were all right. I, ha- I had a similar situation once when I've made this walk many times since this happened now that I kind of know the area, but if you go down to the park, Seward park at the base of the lake where Ithaca sits, um, it's right, right on the water and you go, uh, off to the East, you, um, you connect with some railroad tracks that go North up along the side of the lake. And they make a great sort of flat place to walk. And you, as you walk along the tracks, you walk through like sort of little vacation home area. Um, but eventually the tracks continue away from people's houses and the, and a cliff begins to rise on the right. And I went, the first time I walked along here, I thought, Oh, well pretty soon I'm sure there's tons of houses along this lake. So at some point a road is going to meet the, is going to meet the surface of the water. You weren't worried at all. No, I wasn't worried at all. I was planning for, I was planning for a 15 minute walk. Um, and, uh, it kept not coming, and the cliffs were getting higher and higher to the extent that I didn't even know there were cliffs this height in Ithaca. Um, mm-hmm. And I just kept going. I thought, it's got, there's got to be a road. There has to be a road. It's lakefront. Mm-hmm. And there was no road. I, what I later this realized— before is, or after you wrote Castle? <laughs> after. It was after oh, I wrote okay. Castle. Right. Um, it, was, it was life imitating art. <laughs> um, if I had gone just a little further than I did go, I would eventually have found the road. And there's a road that goes – it actually is part of a little um, uh, little state forest that's up there. You can walk in there walking paths that go back up to the main road. Um, but I, I finally – I was starting to panic a little bit and um, saw stairs that someone had built, metal staircase, all the way up the cliff. And then through these this cleft in the rocks where they be, it became sort of a very steep path with with stone steps. And I how how far are you walking from the actual like falling like the cliff face? Were you like near it, or were you like walking oh, alongside the cliff? No, I, like it, a misstep and you would fall into the. No, no, the cliff was above me. I was I was oh, down okay. at water level, and the cliff was above I, me. So it was like I see, I see. it became this imposing face that I couldn't scale. Um, so I saw these steps and figured, all right, well, maybe this is kind of a, some sort of path. So I got, I went to the top, and it was I was just in rich, rich people's backyards. 
yeah. <laughs> I was like creeping around in uh, mm-hmm. in the in the on the property of the wealthy. So, but as with you, no, no one was around, and it was fine. But at the time, I was like, I I just couldn't believe how I could go from downtown Ithaca and within ten minutes be in the middle of nowhere with no way to get back to civilization. Yeah. Other than to turn around and go back, but I wasn't going to do that. No, you, you don't. That's not how. That's not, that's how, not it how it works. works. No. You can't turn around and go back. Got to make a loop. <laughs> got to have a loop. Yeah. You got to have a loop. Have you ever, um, uh, you ever eaten uh, a mushroom or something from the woods? Have you ever found something out in the woods and eaten it? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, berries. I've certainly berries, yeah. but not mushrooms. You shot animals and they've turned immediately into <laughs> cutlets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how it works. Uh-huh. Berries. It's really cute too. They don't. They don't just. There's not just a poof. They they literally mm-hmm. flip upside down. They mm-hmm. like look surprised and then they flip upside down with their little hooves in the air and then there's a puff of smoke and they're con- transformed into steaks. Nice, yeah. nice. Anyway, go on. Uh, so berries. You've if you've gone uh, like you're hiking, you grab a couple of huckleberries, or have you gone out yeah. like uh, burying? No, I don't go burying. But there's there's a couple burying. of paths in Ithaca that you're always have. You're not the burying kind. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, I haven't. So you're recommending I do so? Well, I don't know. I think I think that uh, you are in a, a zone that that has good, probably has good foraging, and there's a lot of mm-hmm. uh, old hippie types who probably have been doing so for a long time, and probably will protect their <laughs> secret areas with uh, surprising uh, weapons, like like a dream <laughs> dream catchers strung with yeah. piano wire, yeah, or Bread father's out there with a bazooka, you know, <laughs> protecting his chanterelle patch. <laughs> well, he probably has people protecting it for him. Yeah. Yeah. Parts father's out there, but people do that for him. Yeah. And they're, and they're grateful to do it. They're happy to help him protect his land. Uh, of course. I mean, you're not going to, you're not going to defy parts father. Mm-hmm. I wonder if his ghost still haunts the Montana hills, looking for looking for Indian carburetors. Are there carburetors in motorcycles? I've probably just betrayed my utter ignorance of motorcycles. Oh, I think I think it's mostly carburetor. <laughs> I think it's about eighty-five percent carburetor on those bad boys. <laughs> Upon those bad boys. <laughs> on them bad boys. Did I tell um, you about Oscar uh, pointing at a bee and saying. Uh, in a surprisingly mature voice, you ever get stung by one of them bad boys? <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be good at uh, he's going to be good at bars. Yeah, oh, I hope not. <laughs> he's got the teeth of a bar uh, habitui right now. He's uh, he uh, he actually went under. He had anesthesia. Yeah. He was gone from us for a couple of hours uh-huh. uh, while they worked on his teeth. And did they did they repair them? They took out some teeth. Yeah. They got four teeth, um, and then put some crowns, silvery crowns, Ooh. On, on a couple of them. Are these baby it's like teeth? A major, they... major stuff. Oh, they they're all baby teeth, but um, these are the kind that he'll have for five or six more years, like the farther back yeah. ones that stay that were just falling apart. Yeah, um, I'm sorry so, to hear that. That's that's. Uh... It was an ordeal. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, it was expensive. Uh, Good yeah. lord! 
But uh, why um, isn't dental insurance part of medical insurance? By the way, why is it different? Why is vision insurance different? It's stupid. It's all stupid. It is stupid. It's stupid, is what it is. It's all medical. That's the word I would use. Stupid. stupid. It's all your body. Stupid stuff. <laughs> um, but I so, recommend. I recommend uh, uh, you should go. You might. It would be a nice activity. A little foraging. Some light foraging. All right. All right. And my um, my well, you probably already have a handle on this, but it's new to me. I've never made brisket before recently, but Stephanie started making brisket, um, and then uh, and then she started her job, uh, which has been very busy. And so I have I've and because brisket takes that's a brisket that's a takes day project, a yeah, yeah. So you got to kind of be around all day. So yeah, um, I decided to make it, and I ended up making the. Mark Bittman recipe for for like three or four hour biscuit brisket from How to Cook Everything, mm-hmm. um, but there's a spicy variant in this cookbook. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find it online, but um, it's in the book, and it's a pretty common common book. Um, it's got a lot of uh, cumin in it, and um, uh, some coriander, and some paprika. And uh, some uh, some uh, cayenne, and I have made rather than uh, you're supposed to put uh, chopped up tomato in there along with some broth, but instead I just dumped in a couple of cans of Rotel along with mm. uh, onions and garlic. Yeah, and uh, gave it. Gave that it was good probably four hours. a good idea. Yeah, it was a real good idea. Yeah. Rotel is a magical thing. Rotel is really something. Yeah. Uh, so I highly recommend the. Uh, the spicy Bitman brisket variant with Rotel substitution. Sounds good. Having one of them Rotel motels. <laughs> yes, please. How about on Shades of Death Road? <laughs> anyway, you want to you want to wrap this thing up? We've been we should been uh, we should though uh, we should spend uh, ten seconds or so. Uh, Thanksgiving is in a couple of days. Yeah. are you gonna are you gonna are you in charge of making anything for it? No. Well, my mother. Uh, we're gonna go down to my parents, uh, and um, uh, we were asked to make something, and then the request was rescinded. Interesting. So I, I don't know what that means. I th- I I think we might just do it anyway. Was your invitation rescinded? <laughs> I think we're Did still, you misunderstand? We're Did you still, misunderstand the text? Yeah, we're still allowed to we're still allowed to go, I think. We're still allowed but to not allowed to, not allowed to bring anything. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if our dish is rejected. I'm not sure what we're going to make yet, but we are we're going down to my mom's place and uh to Stephanie's folks the day before. So mm-hmm. um and uh we're bringing we're meeting uh, Toby. Oh, by the way, Toby now goes by his real first name, Oliver. Did I mention that? To you? Right, you did. Yes, right. Yeah, so he, so Oliver is going to. Uh, when my parents go to get my brother at the airport, they're going to pick him up in New York. He's taking the train down from school, so we're going to meet him there. And nice. um, that's very grown up. That's yeah, grown up. and mm-hmm. uh, we we really want Owen to come, but. Um, Owen doesn't like all the people, <laughs> so <laughs> I think he's going to work. Uh, I think he's going to work at the deli at Tops Friendly Markets, which is his mm-hmm. current job uh, on Thanksgiving Day. For and if you're a member of John's family and you're listening to this, uh, <laughs> he doesn't mean you. 
And he means the other ones. <laughs> it's not any particular person. He's very fond of all of them. It's just the combination yeah. of everyone together is. Uh, I understand that. Is overwhelming for the. For it's the a lot. But this is. It's the first time that I'm not spending. A, I'm not going to spend the holiday with him, and he's not going to. You know, his mother is going out to her dad's place, and he doesn't want to do that either. So he's going to be alone in Ithaca, working at the supermarket on Thanksgiving. Which I'm not. I don't of- know how to feel about that. Some people who are alone on the big holidays, it can be really emotional and really heavy. Yeah. For a lot of people, it's okay. <laughs> That's good. For most people, it's just fine that way. Yeah. The boy has plenty of love in his yeah. life. That's it's not the fine. problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he just needs a break from it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, how about you? What are you? Are you making anything? I'm going to. I'm going to a, a pre-Thanksgiving tonight. Uh, for David Weisbiel's place. Uh-huh. That's very um, pre. Very pre. Takes care of, the, of a lot of the social obligations for the whole season. Yeah, good. I'll be bringing a baked brie mm. en croute. Oh, brie en croute. Brie en croute with some uh, uh, sautéed uh, mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Oh, mushrooms. Mushrooms. I think if I can find some mushrooms today, I'm going to put them in there. Great. And then maybe some hazelnuts. By find, you mean hazelnuts? You're you're going. Uh, you're going. I think I think Oscar foraging. and I are going to go do, do a little bit of foraging. All right, good. Because the season uh, the season is will be over soon. Yeah, it's a it's a fairly short season. Which I didn't realize. There's some um, there's some morels are kind of pop up here and there, and mushrooms mm-hmm. will pop up here and there. But there's like two or three weeks when they're just blooming. All right. I'm going to make a uh, fried okra salad. That's my other project for the nice. actual day on on uh, on Thursday. How we'll do you how, how do you combat the sliminess of okra, or do you embrace it? You you combat it by buying frozen breaded okra. Oh, and frying it. Sure. And uh, the slimy this the slime is uh, you already passed slime step. It's been deslimed. At that point, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have. The, I think. Uh, I think you parboil okra. You mm-hmm. get rid of the slime. Okay. I don't know. Or you increase it. I don't really know. <laughs> it's a. It's a troublesome vegetable. And yeah. uh, now that we've gotten to the troublesome vegetable portion of our conversation, <laughs> I will bid you adieu. All right. Adieu to you too, Ed. Enjoy your your pre Thanksgiving and your Thanksgiving. We'll 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 uh, do a debrief later. Very good. All right. So long, pal. Are you hungry for lunch? Well then let's have lunch Do you want some lunch? Well then we'll give you some lunch Do you have a hankering for lunch? Well then come to lunch Cause it's time for lunch Box with Ed John That's right, it's time for lunch Box with Ed and John